was a photograph of Marcus, you seem like the type of guy who maybe has been in some shitty relationships in the past. One or two, or ten. One or two. First time I met you, I think you were in a pretty shitty relationship. I, uh, one time you called me and you said, yeah, man, she's cleared out the kitchen. Through, I think she was throwing dishes at you or something <laughs> like that. But Fond memories that we grow from, right? <laughs> Fond memories indeed. But man... Shitty relationships doesn't even doesn't even compare to this Amber Heard photograph of the bed, our bed, um, and on my side of the bed, um, this is Johnny was Jeff human speaking. fecal matter. Um, so I understood why. It wasn't a good time to go down there. Um, my initial response to that was, I mean, I laughed. <laughs> I, the, it was so outside. It was so bizarre and so grotesque that I could only laugh. Bella speaks righteous, Sister Cena says funky. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. So that's that's Johnny Depp describing this. All right, so this Amber Heard Johnny Depp defamation suit, uh, it has just been wild. And at first I was just like, this is fucking stupid. And then, of course, inevitably, I just slowly started to fall into it because... As the details got juicier and juicier, I mean, this shit is funny as hell. This is this is like, it's hard to even compare what the situation is even really like. It kind of reminds me almost of the OJ trial because these are like A-list, you know, af- uh, actors um, in this trial, and their fucking dirty laundry is just being leaked all out there. So what you just heard is Johnny Depp describing finding shit in his bed. So apparently, Amber Heard. Now, all this crazy shit is coming out about Amber Heard, but I, I guess when she gets upset, she shits in the bed. And the best part about this thing is it's not just that she shit the bed and Johnny Depp, one of the most famous actors of all time, is describing the moment that he actually <laughs> saw the shit in the bed. But then there's they show pictures. So they had to um, enter into you know evidence the actual pictures of the shit. Uh, so... What, what what's going through your guys' head with that? Like, what 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 were your thoughts? Be you come home and you see a piece of shit on your your side of the bed. Well, I used to just not actual shit shit, but um, <laughs> were they able to tell if she had like Taco Bell or a healthy meal before that dump? Oh, have you seen it? No, I've not. It's gross. It's not a good. It's not a healthy. Look, you know, it's not like a it's like a, a solid piece. Like she shit like it was like mud butt on the on the bed. I got a funny story about that. Not personal one, but I got some gross ones. But uh, the way that Johnny Depp delivered that, yep. glorious. It would have been like 
his performance, if he would have gotten to do Magical Beast 3, he would have definitely had some really good man-on-man performances in that movie. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, buddy of ours in college, girl shit all over his bed, and that name stuck with her for the entire part of her career, uh, college career. Has, has a woman ever done anything, like, that vengeful towards you? I mean, shitting in the bed, and there's a lot of shit that's come out in this trial, but shitting on the side of the bed, like, that's, that's pretty over the top. But Marcus, has anything like that ever happened to you? Like anything, anything comparable? Yeah, um, urine, blood, mm. uh, wine, dog piss—you uh, name it—it's been wow. close. Fortunately, no turds in my bed, so at least at least I've got that one up on old Johnny D. No turds. And, and honestly, he's a, he is one of my favorite actors. Of like, he's up there all time for me. He's just so diverse in what he can do. He can play anything. What's your favorite role of his? Hmm. What is my favorite role? I feel like you're an Edward Scissorhands kind of (laughs) guy. No, but it's fantastic. I mean, between him and, like, Downey Jr., just talk about guys that are versatile and don't get put into, like, one stigma of how they act. So you have to appreciate that. But Johnny Depp's just fantastic in everything he does. Yeah, so actually, so he is actually fantastic. I love him as an actor. Uh, Towards the end of his acting career, he did a lot of trash. And one of the other funny things that came out about this trial is just – Man, this, this trial is just not going well for Amber Heard. Uh, so if you don't know, Johnny Depp basically got canceled for this shit. Um, uh, Amber Heard basically accused him of... of uh, domestic violence. Domestic violence. Um, and so everybody turned on Johnny Depp as they probably should have. So Johnny Depp prepared this whole defense and, and countersued Amber Heard. Um, the, my, my problem with Johnny Depp, though, towards the end of his, his career, even even in this, like... What's the last really good role he's done? It's been a long fucking time. It seems like he does a lot of studio bullshit, a lot of like really manufactured shit. But as I look at the two, what's your favorite Amber Heard role you've ever seen? I didn't even know who she was until Aquaman. I mean, I still haven't even seen it. I assume she wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for Johnny Depp, right? I mean, I don't know. But yeah, this 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 whole situation, uh, NFL offseason, I find ways to entertain myself. Uh, I watched uh, Love is Blind season two. I watched The Ultimatum. Sometimes with Jackie, my wife, I, I watch uh, some some reality TV, and I kind of watch it like sports. You know, you pick a side, and you just kind of root for that side. And and on this Amber Heard, Johnny Depp story, like I, I was getting tired of it, and then some of these juicy details started to warm up, and I'm like, oh, man, this is pretty good. It's pretty <laughs> fucking funny. You need something to kind of c- compete in and keep the juices flowing until uh... – the season gets here, which is fortunately friggin' soon. Right. But it does seem unanimous. Everybody is turning on Amber Heard, and as they should. I mean, they, they, they've been playing uh, a lot of recordings that I guess Johnny Depp unintentionally took or Amber Heard in- unintentionally took. And, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for Amber Heard in this trial. But uh, good, shout out to my boy Johnny Depp. That'd be awesome if he made a comeback because I, I hope, you know, because he got taken away from Fantastic Beasts. By the way, Worst performing Harry Potter movie to date. Also, apparently, the worst Harry Potter movie to date. Um, it's apparently terrible. You know, I, I actually really liked it. Um, I def- It would have been a lot better with Johnny Depp, so I'm sure there was probably some boycotting in there. Kind of goofy, kind of weird, but we had some uh, funny mo- uh, funny moments. Uh, I know a lot of people were turned off about um, uh, worried that they're really going to push like the uh, J.K. Rowling, Dumbledore's gay kind of cue, and so that everyone was kind of worried about... It was going to take away from the movie. But I thought I actually thought they did that very well. 
Uh, one point in particular, I had your wife laughing uh, at the theater next to me where they just did this un- unnecessary standoff and they're grabbing each other's titties. And, you know, I me, mean, I can't I can't contain anything. So I'm like, yeah, grab his titties. It was, uh, <laughs> couldn't help it. But uh, it, it was a fun it was a good movie, fun movie, kind of what you'd expect. I don't know, man. It's getting kind of crushed by critics. But uh, I think, you know, it's the third movie in a Fantastic Beast. Like, are the, I, I guess they're books, but they're not even like the primary books. This is like a spinoff from Harry Potter. Yeah, that, that's all. You, you get you get exactly kind of what you expect. Um, what I thought was kind of cool is this all really just stemmed from like a name that she created. It, it's just something to kind of keep it going. A little nostalgia, if you will. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's fun. You know? And it wasn't too long, so it kind of hits the, the attention span for something like that. Because those type of movies can't be three, four hours. Right. But, yeah, it sounds like Johnny Depp maybe got bailed out from that movie uh, regardless. But uh, speaking of bailed out, the sports memory is officially out of Facebook jail. Uh, that's huge. We've been in Facebook jail since the middle of last summer. Uh, and if you don't know what Facebook jail is, pretty much like Facebook is just put the kibosh on our distribution. Uh, if you have liked us in the last eight months, Facebook has straight up sent you a warning message warning you against liking us or following us. So we are free. We're finally free. Feels good. You know the uh, the one meme that everyone kind of mocks? It's the guy where he's sweating on which button to press. It's pretty much like sending any freaking meme out when you're in jail or on warning. You're like, can I send this? Because all, all of us were texting each other, hey, double-checked. What do you guys think? Can we do it? Yes or no? Yep. Um, uh, but it, but it's also, you know, it's a like a huge weight off the shoulders because a lot of the times when you start you know, putting in time and effort, putting things together, and it can't reach anywhere because you're handcuffed. It's just it's deflating. At the same time, we're only a, we're only a meme away from being right back in jail. <laughs> Need a, need a secondary page. Hey, everyone, come like this one just in case. <laughs> no, I do. I have a secondary page that I post to just in case. I, I If I'm worried about a meme, I post to my secondary page that has no hits. Well, I mean, uh, like a sports memory backup page. Reinvite everybody and keep having everyone come to like both. Yep. Just in case. Yep. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, it, it's it, it feels good to be out and free. I don't even remember what it was like to run a actual page. Over the last eight months. So, so, yeah. So, if you're out there listening and you don't already like us or follow us uh, on all the social medias, now's a good time because the content's going to be coming. Yes. Go go like us and follow us. And guess what? Facebook isn't going to warn you against, uh, against it. So, fucking just, you know, do it. Do it. You could have done it before, but hopefully. And it is funny because a lot of people, uh, since we've been back, we've been uh, posting a lot more than we have. And a lot of people have commented like, hey, welcome back, guys. So I do truly believe that people thought maybe we just disappeared. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even, yeah. <laughs> even, even just those numbers from today are astounding. If you, can, if you can, like, it's pretty much almost over halfway matched, like, the entire month previously in one day of just nonsense. Yep. Yeah. That's how it works. I mean, you, you could see it. It was just... It's 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 crazy, and it, it, if you're in this position, if you run a Facebook page, uh, and if this ever happens to you, if it tells you that your Facebook page is restricted, there's no way of getting out of it other than to just wait. You literally have to wait an entire year until your previous infractions just drop off. So there's nothing to do. Uh, there's been people that have commented on our posts since I wrote the article about us being out of jail, asking how we got out of jail. We did nothing but wait. 
and not post sketchy shit. But honestly, if you look at the shit we got taken down for, we never really posted sketchy shit. So it's all very confusing. And Facebook has always been very arbitrary. But uh, yeah, we're back, baby. We're back. Would, would you say we were as confused as the college baseball player that got tackled by the pitcher during his home run trot yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> well, so so what's the story behind that exactly? Dude, dude hits a bomb. He's running around the bases. Didn't like... He, he didn't um, Cadillac it or anything. He didn't do it. He didn't like stare at the pitcher. He didn't. He didn't throw his bat. He, he's running around the bases just as you normally should when you hit a home run, and he rounds third base. And the pitcher has been like staring him down the whole time, and just decides to straight up charge him, spears him like he's Goldberg or something. Nice. Um, and yeah, that's how you have it. <laughs> so whose tackle this week was better? Was it that pitcher's tackle of the uh, the base runner, or was it J.J. Watt at the Zach Brown Band concert? <laughs> I'd, I'd say they're probably on par, though. <laughs> Except for the guy who gets on the stage, at some point you expect to kind of be, you know, not by, J- or something. not by J.J. Watt. <laughs> not, not by J.J. Watt, but but you expect something to happen to you. Uh, the guy rounding third base after he hit a home run is definitely not expecting to get Speared. Was he being like it's excessively like celebratory? No. 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 Wow. So the guy's just like sitting there on the mound all aggro, just watching him around the bases, and then he just goes and fucking spears so, him. So the guy like moved down the mound after he throws it, after he after he hits it, and like basically walked around them outside of the mound like the whole time, like watching it run the bases. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. It's been a weird week. When when did that happen? Uh, yesterday. Okay. Yeah, it's been a really weird week. Uh, have you guys been watching Winning Time on HBO? Yes. No idea. Marcus? No. Okay, so Winning Time, is a, it's about the Lakers. Really good show. Um, it's over the top, for sure. I mean, it's a fictionalized biopic. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. As, as all fictionalized biopics are, you have some exaggerated characters. Uh, so, J- Jerry West came out this week, and... Uh, went full fucking boomer on HBO and demanded a retraction. Or uh, no, sorry, not a, not even a retraction. It's, he's not he's not like demanding that they rewrite the show. He's demanding an apology. So like hypothetically speaking, so Jerry West's character in this show he is super over the top. So if you know nothing about Jerry West, um, he went to eight finals in his career. I believe it's eight finals. He 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 only won one. He lost six, six to Boston. Wow. That, so this biopic actually brought that out that I didn't even know. And so I started to, to Google Jerry West, and I'm reading about all these stories, and these are completely independent from uh, the book Winning Time, which is what this whole show is is actually based on. And all these stories, all these articles I'm reading about Jerry West uh, and his, you know, time as a Laker, these are all real stories and they're completely independent from this biopic. But basically, Jerry West, he lost this first NBA Finals to, to the Celtics and then he lost the second and he lost the third and then he lost the fourth. Jim Kelly style, huh? 100%. I mean, way worse than Jim Kelly, though, because this isn't just, you know, getting beat by the Cowboys twice and, you know, getting beat. By the Steelers, I believe once or what, Gi- it was Giants. Giants and um, this is just someone. getting completely Giants, owned. Cowboys, and Red uh, Washington Redskins at the yeah. time, as they were known. So it's getting it's getting owned by one franchise. Yeah. Um, so you know the stories that I read, it was about like his wife, like he would lose a game and he would come home 
and he would be so stressed out, like he, he couldn't even stay at home. So he'd, he'd go in his car and he would just leave for hours. And apparently what he would do is he would just sit in his car. And they, they, they actually show this in winning time where he sits in, the, in a limo. He can't even watch them when they play the Celtics. Uh, and he wouldn't even talk to his wife for like days. Like these are actually stories that like his ex-wife would tell. Um, so you, you, you think about the psychology of a person who loses seven championships which I believe is what he did. I think I think he was one in seven in, ch- in championships in his career. Uh, yeah, you know what? If I put myself in his shoes, I think I'd be a kind of easily flustered. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the character that they're portraying of him, I can't imagine that it's that unfair. I mean, I definitely think that I don't believe everything that's happened on the show. For of course. Sure. Um, uh, not even from the perspective of, like, obviously that they're taking some liberties on things, but, like, I personally don't think that there's any way that Jerry West didn't see the value in drafting Magic Johnson, for one, just because he, when you're that good at basketball, you can definitely identify what the talent is. Um, but the rumor is that he did, in fact, want Bird over Magic. I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want Bird, but you couldn't have drafted Bird because Bird's rights were already owned by the Celtics, so it didn't matter. Um, I, I think we should definitely just clarify one thing. We, she, His wife might say she doesn't know what he was doing. That guy was absolutely going into the limo, banging rails of coke, listening to Leonard Skinner, a uh, little bit of Queen, maybe uh, the Rolling Stones, <laughs> very loud by himself and just getting pissed off at the world, and that's where his depression came from. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> I think he was definitely getting hammered for sure. I mean, the guy was definitely drinking, but I look at this show, and who actually comes out good in this show? Really nobody. So I love Jerry Buss's character, honestly. But but Jerry Buss, they portray him <laughs> as this like tacky businessman. He, it's not like he comes out that great. I mean, John C. Riley is a really likable guy, so you like the character. But he's like this fucking ultra tacky like real estate guy who trades his entire fortune for the Lakers. Doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, kind of, kind of, kind of stumbles into this whole thing. It's not like Jerry, but and, oh, and then you know they kind of show it from the um, perspective of Genie Bus, uh, his daughter, who basically like hates him because he's he's this like he's just banging whores the whole time. So all I'm saying is, yeah, do do they do they rag on Jerry Bus a little bit? Sure, of course, of course. It's it's a fucking biopic. It's a drama. Of course they're gonna rag on him. But the fact that he's suing. HBO or, or, or attempting to get them to, to force this apology, to me, it just fucking justifies the character that they wrote for him. If you have a show with John, with John C. Riley and Jason Segal, Segal, however it's pronounced, there's no way you can take it for, like at, at face value and take it too serious automatically as soon as you hear those names. Come on, guys. It's a well, fucking awesome show. Well, I mean, they, they literally have all the, all the necessary, you know, whatever, uh, you know, story like this story does not necessarily depict real life kind of blah, blah, yeah. blah. Things have been exaggerated for the purposes of cinematic. You know what I mean? Like yep. they, they have all their all their caveats that they need in order to cover it. Also, as a celebrity, you're allowed to be made fun of. Yep. So, you know, what I mean, like he, he doesn't really have a, sta- a leg to stand on here. For sure. He, I agree. He needs to follow Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm, I'm kind of Googling it to catch up on it. So here, here's Kareem's quote. Deliberately dishonest and drearily dull. A battle leukemia, heart surgery, cancer, fire, racism. A negative portrayal of me on the t- TV show will not affect me personally. Like that's that's how like get over. Yeah, it's a it's a television show. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's making money for uh, representation. And they and honestly, I think the cream 
based on what I've read and have heard about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think the portrayal of him is actually probably pretty fair. He was very standoffish, kind of, kind of hard to, not an approachable guy for much of his career. No, no, but I think that there's, there's, and I mean, if you look into the history of Kareem and stuff like that, there's reasoning for that. Yeah. Um. So he, but, but yes, he was standoffish, absolutely. And if you, you listen to people talk about him now, Chris Long mentioned on his podcast that he ran into Kareem one time, and he, you know, he said, "Oh, hey, you know," walked up to introduce himself to him, um, and then Kareem was like, kind of just being a little bit, as you mentioned, standoffish, and then he was like. He's like, oh, yeah, my dad, Howie, you so rave about. He's like, oh, you're Howie Longson, and instantly warms up, right? Because there's already a precedent sent for who he is and kind right. of thing like that. Um, whereas if he's just some random Joe Schmo saying what's up to him, he doesn't really want to give him the time today. Well, and that makes sense because Howie would have played for the L.A. Raiders, right? Absolutely. Around the same time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that, that does make a lot of sense. But, yeah, this whole Jerry West thing for me at the very beginning, and we were kind of – we weren't – Kurt was kind of standing up for Jerry West, you know, talking about – the representation for him was probably inaccurate. And I'm like, maybe Duh. it is. Duh. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. But then all I'm saying is who around Jerry West told him that this was a good idea to sue HBO? Because everybody under the age of fucking 65 right now is looking at Jerry West going, okay, boomer. Like, what the fuck is this lawsuit? What are you hoping to accomplish from this? It's fucking, it's hilarious to me. By the way, go check out the show. It, it really is entertaining. Um, and, and, uh, I think the way that they really wanted this to go was the Lakers were supposed to be in the playoffs right now, and Showtime, uh, this you know, this show was supposed to be running at the same time, and it's supposed to be like a golden age for LA. But obviously, that did not happen for the yeah, Lakers. No, uh, the LeBron has twice not made it to the playoffs, and both of them have been with the Lakers. Just yeah. so you know. Yep, LeBron's tenure with the Lakers has been. Pretty fucking embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, they won a Mickey Mouse. Uh, yep, you know NBA Finals. And for anyone who doesn't think it was Mickey Mouse, it was literally played in Disney World. So Mickey Mouse home. Yep. Um, yeah, it's the definition of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, th- I, I, truthfully, and a lot of people have talked about everything uh, <clears throat> with LeBron. It, hon- honestly, the way that everything played out there at the end of this season, you know, f- for me and pretty much everybody else, that that really solidified the the goat conversation. Because like there's there's so much debate obviously and I, I'm I'm a huge LeBron I was a huge LeBron fan like he's unbelievably talented yeah but the way that it finished out like never ever ever would have happened with Michael so here's what I and I've actually always supported LeBron until he went to L A um, I think he's been a fucking bitch in L A uh, the whole the, here's what I hate about LeBron I hate the GM LeBron because he's dumb he's a fucking idiot he's the, awful bringing in Westbrook I mean everybody from a thousand feet you know, could see that's a fucking terrible move. This is a guy who's never been successful in the postseason. He's just a fucking stats guy. Um, it's, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I, but, it, but his track record as a GM, if you go back to his days, even, then, I mean, guys that he's brought in from any level. Uh, right. All the way back to his Cleveland first stint days. He surrounds himself with a bunch of role players so that he can be the star. Right. He needs more help than that at this point. So you know what I mean, like for sure. Yeah, I mean th- those teams just they they work better when he's facilitating the offense, mm-hmm. uh, and he obviously he has a unique breed, but that's when they're at the best. Not Russell Will Ru- Russell Westbrook taking taking command, but that's where he thrives too. So I'm I'm, I'm with you. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, I'm I'm officially on team. I I hate LeBron, and it's weird because I used to defend him a lot uh, when he's with the Cavs, especially when he went back to the Cavs. It was such a likable team. I don't care what you say. 
him going back to the Cavs, he didn't need to do that. He got him a fucking championship. It was really awesome what he did. Oh, yeah. The way that the way that he ran that, the way that he beat one of the greatest teams. I mean, that that's one of the biggest upsets ever in NBA Finals history. Um, that was the LeBron that I really liked. I even liked the Miami LeBron. The Dallas loss was obviously awful, but uh, yeah, the San Antonio loss. Yeah, I For mean, sure. that those were those are some good teams that he up, that he was up against though. Mm-hmm. So. And some terrible Not Dallas. teams. And terrible teams. I mean, that Dallas team was, was uh, they played really well. A couple the, Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, well, They, they were at good least that one. year. You look at that team just on the surface, it that, was not a that great was, team. That was peak Dirk. Yes. Um, peak Dirk, so, yeah. But if you look at that roster just as a whole, like, there were not that many great players on that roster. No, there all. wasn't. Yep. Are you guys watching any of the, the current uh, NBA playoffs here as they're getting started? That, there's actually been some pretty good games here. Yeah. No, I, I've enjoyed the NBA playoffs so far for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, my favorite series so far is the um, the the Boston and, and Brooklyn series. Mm-hmm. Um, that first game with Jason Tatum, that finish at the end of it, that was fantastic. Oh, no. but the, So all the basketball that I've followed, I was taking a shit the other morning, and I opened up my phone, and the, like, one of the first things on the feed was uh, – Something about the uh, um, uh, Chris Paul and the the referee, like the the history that they have, for like losing seven eight games. Uh, but this was like preluding that game, so I went go pull up ES, you know, pull up ESPN, look at the score. Saw he saw he lost. Man, I laughed so hard. That, that's pretty much the extent for uh, extent for me. What I followed. My assessment of these playoffs are that I think the playoffs are better at this point without LeBron. Um, the Boston Nets series, uh, this whole Kyrie Irving thing, him, him flicking off the crowd, you know, he played for Boston. It's fucking good for the game. That's that, in my opinion. If if, if you want guys like me to, to start watching the NBA again, that's what you need. The second that I saw that Kyrie Irving, you know, flicked off the crowd, I was like, okay. I'm gonna start watching this series. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, you, you like a villain. Oh, you want, you, dude? You want a villain? And I think there's a lot of villains in the in these playoffs. Um, uh, Beverly, Patrick Beverly, dude. Yep. What a villain that guy is. He, he's always the guy, he, he's the guy that pushed Chris Paul in the in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, he. I mean, he always has been a, a guy who's known for starting some shit. He 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 plays super hard on defense, but he definitely draws penalty. Trying to uh, you know gets gets his fair share of penalties. Yeah. He's going to use every one of them fouls. He's got six of them. You know what I mean? Like, well, the the, cor- the correct terms fouls, not penalties. But <clears throat> like even in hockey, you know, there's we we had this conversation the other day. Guys like Marshawn, guys like um um. Uh, Tom Wilson and, and with the Caps, you you need like I get I get it. It might be outside of the the ro- or the rules, or people might think it's dirty. But those are the fucking assholes you need on your team to win. Like go out there, get the dirty shit done, go play some good ball, get in the heads of the opponents. That's how you advance. So like yeah. like it or not, the, those are the type of guys I like on my team for sure. I mean, well, it looks like we're heading towards you know probably a pretty good matchup here, uh, at least in the Eastern Conference with uh, Boston and Philadelphia. Coming up at some point. Did you see that baby blowout? Uh, Devin Booker's hamstring. No. So uh, Devin Booker nails his shot. He slides to the sidelines, and then a baby is there, menacing, looking evil as fuck. Right. So after he nails the shot, he bumps the baby. Right. Everything's going good. Goes back in. Scores thirty-one points in the half. Everyone thinks, oh, what a cute baby. The baby goes viral. Quarter later, blows out his fucking hamstring. You know who is smiling on the sidelines? That fucking baby. <laughs> I want to know what that fucking baby knows, what he did. 
to our boy Devin Booker to take him out of that game. I, I think that there is a is a underground story here because everything's going good. Devin Booker, by the way, the only player in NBA history to score 31 points and a half without throwing a single free throw. Crazy stat, right? Another crazy stat. He does a fist bump with a baby and then blows out his hamstring a quarter later. Very sad. Very that, sad. That that baby needs to be brought to justice. That, that well, that that baby was obviously a plant there by uh, Miss Eliza Jane AJ. You know the girl that got the train ran on her by all the Phoenix Suns. She planted that baby so she could go tend to uh, Devin Booker's hamstring. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wrote an article yesterday. The Phoenix police are actually they're they're looking uh, to question this baby, and charge him as, as an adult, as they should. <laughs> what, as they should. What does this baby know? Everything was going good. The Suns were up. Devin Booker has an historical half, and then he blows at his hamstring. I'm sorry. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I also don't believe in coincidence. There's some there's some connection between that fucking baby and that hamstring blowing out. He he did something. Maybe he like greased up his shoes while he was down. Maybe you know he was drooling around the sidelines. And maybe his shoe like caught contact with drool. Drool is very slippery. Absolutely. Especially baby drool. Yeah, you're gonna you're about to know. I know. I'm having a baby in a month. <laughs> I swear to God, guys, I will not raise a baby that ever tries to take a star like that out of the NBA. And if I bring him down to the court seats, I'm gonna be wiping up his drool methodically. <laughs> you're, you're just gonna be teaching that bit that baby how to tackle green. Exactly. Yep. So voodoo baby bump. I mean, they're playing New Orleans, right? They're playing the Pelicans. Um, we don't know where that baby came from. You know, New Orleans is very much known for their, their voodoo style. Um, absolutely. The dolls and yeah. So I got two different theories. Number one, the most obvious theory, the baby was a plant from Golden State to take the Suns out of the playoffs. Cause I think that clearly the Suns are the biggest menace for Golden State in their rise to the, to the I th- finals. I think that's pretty fair. Yes. So they sent the baby in as like a covert double agent. Uh, they made him drink a fuckload of titty juice before he got in there. So he just salivating, drooling all over the place. And I, I listen, I don't think this story's getting enough press is all I'm saying. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think that baby has something to do with Devin Booker's hamstring. And I think we need to talk more about it. <laughs> the sports memory has brought this to light. And w- when this story finally <clears throat> breaks, when it finally breaks years from now, Remember who broke it. You, you can count on Sports Cap Radio to be there to cover <laughs> yes, it. Yes, Sports Cap Radio. Sports Cap Radio. All right. Marcus, you want to move us on here? Yeah, so uh, something interesting, like for uh, anyone who like has played Madden, which is pretty much everybody, um, obviously we, we've had the conversations that Madden's just sucked dick for like the last eight years. Like, yes. Literally barely make any adjustments ever, keep, keep everything the same, touch up on the graphics. Well, um, it's called NFL Pro Era. Uh, there's a couple former football players in it. Um, Andrew Hawkins, uh, Hawk on uh, NFL Network. Yep. He, he's one of the guys. So they, what they're doing is they're working on a, it's more of the virtual reality type game. So I don't know if you guys remember, it was uh, NFL 2K5 with Terrell Owens on the cover. Yep. They had a quarterback mode where you could actually play from the quarterback's point of view. Which one of the greatest was, football games ever made. It was fantastic. It, yep. that, that, was, that was one of my favorites. So basically they're implementing that, and what they're trying to do is give – the players um, or the the video game players like perspective and feeling of the actual on field players. I'm, I, I wonder. I'm, I imagine they're going to be doing it for all the positions, but like straight from the helmet, like all the you know drills, games, but a different type of video game, which 
you know, that's something that you need for Madden to really have a reason to try to do something so, productive. So is this going to be on like existing VR platforms? Because I have the Oculus 2 for Facebook. Is is, is that where it's going to be on? Or are they, are they trying to, to put it on a new platform that hasn't that doesn't even exist yet? No, so I'll pull it up for you here. Just one second. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Andrew Hawkins is a really smart guy in general. Like, right. Uh, listening to him talk about anything is like, if he's in charge of designing this game, I know it's going to be something that's going to be successful because he's going to put a lot of effort into it. Right. Um, but just, yeah, really smart guy. Uh, big believer in Mike McDaniel, the uh, the new head coach of the, the Dolphins there down in Miami. Uh, so, I mean, we all criticize them for, uh, for getting rid of... Uh, our boy there, but um, but I, I think the hire that they made is actually a decent one. So oh yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah, so eighteen years after NFL two K five, I was trying to figure. I wish I just went right to the site here for the name. I couldn't remember what it was, but um, Quest and uh, PlayStation. So so yeah, the PlayStation VR sets and MetaQuest are are their launch this fall. You well, so you know the only thing I worry about, Mike McDaniel. Um, have you ever heard a boss? that's really smart and he's really good at what he does, but he's just a little too not serious. That's what I worry about with Mike McDaniel. He seems like, I don't question his genius. I think the guy, I think the two coaches that are going to bring up every head coach for the next 10 years is going to be Shanahan and McVay. It's just absolutely. Those are the two trees. I mean, McVay is literally from the Shanahan tree. So yes, you could argue it's all from Shanahan. Honestly, I think the biggest two trees right now in the NFL are the Andy Reid tree and and the the Shanahan tree. The Reid tree is almost dying recently. They do have they do have um, Buffalo. Let me just tell you, the Reid tree has not been that successful. Well, I mean, think about it. Brian, Brian Dable is now going to be another one kind of off that shoot. I mean, I guess he's kind of off the Belichick shoot, too. Um, but he uh, was never a coordinator, though, for Reed, correct? But Sean McDermott was. Right. Okay. McDermott for sure. And and he's but been pretty successful. You there's, know, the there's been a are, lot of busts from from uh, Reed. Uh, the, you know, the, the Ben-Ami is, is, is an odd story. Uh, and obviously... Pete Peterson is... Uh, a Reed guy who he had it. He's had some yeah. success, but obviously, you know, wasn't enough success for Philly. Won a Super Bowl. That's pretty that's, successful. That's pretty damn successful. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, you could say the Denny Green tree. Uh. With mm-hmm. your, you know that that becomes the Tony Dungy tree. That's still pretty successful, despite how much Marcus hates uh, Mike Tomlin. Um. So I, yeah, I, I don't hate him. I don't. I don't hate him. He's just overrated. So, so what, 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 I'm going to throw out three coaches. Well, four coaches. Uh, Xerxes. Uh huh. From Robin, the, Robert Salah from the Jets. Yeah. Uh, McDaniel. Uh huh. O'Connell. Uh, and uh, uh, Chargers. Brandon Staley. Staley. Brandon Staley. Who's going to be the most successful out of those four? I'm going to take Staley right now because I believe in the quarterback. I mean, you definitely believe he definitely has the best team, Marcus. Well, you got you guys know how much I love the Chargers. Um, so for just to argue that, but I, it's hard to argue that one. I I really I kind of like the Dolphins too. Give me McDaniel, especially if Debo. What if they What if they give the Niners their pick back for Debo and a little extra? Yeah, I mean, which that would be which, insane. Which, which they should. Uh, he knows how, he knows how to use them. Like the pieces are there in Miami. Well, um, I mean, I think that the Jets are also a play. Who you know, the Jets have Lafleur um, as their offense coordinator for who was you know with with Forty Niners before the previous year, so he would also know how to use Debo. I think O'Connell would know how to use Debo. Anybody off the shoot, right? 
Yeah, I, I wish I could go contrarian here, but I got to go Staley. Uh, here's what I love about Staley. Um, I think he gets too much shit for the Chargers not making the playoffs last year. I honestly just don't think the Chargers roster was that good that last year. I did not predict them to be that good. Yep, it really wasn't. I mean, their defense was fucking terrible. Uh, they, they've made all the right changes. Here's the thing about Staley that I love. Um, that guy in post-game pressers would put on absolute fucking shows. He would go viral for the way that he would break apart these are guys that McVay is bringing up in his systems. The, the You can feel so much of McVay and Staley. I see a lot of it in O'Connell. O'Connell, I mean, literally. I think I think McDaniel also is a guy who oh, for in sure. the postgame. Oh, dude. Like, Absolutely. He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. The, the problem with, with, with McDaniel, obviously, is he has fucking two as his quarterback, and I think two is trash. Um, could, could McDaniel bring now, out the best in him? Un- until he gets Tom Brady next year. <laughs> Could happen. Could happen. It definitely could happen. In the multiverse, yeah. And you know I mean, what? While we're on the subject, uh, I just, I just got to poke it out there because, I mean, the, the Boston Globe story, I mean, we, we haven't really covered it, but just real quick take on that. Like, which, So, first of all, actually, last podcast that me and Marcus did, I asked him if he thought that if it, uh, I asked him if, there were, if he fired. I, I asked him what he thought about Tom Brady firing uh, Bruce Arians, and he said there's no way. I think there's very little doubt at this point what, what happened at this point. Marcus, do you, still have, do you still have doubts about whether or not Tom Brady fired Arians? I'm always going to have doubts. He fucking fired the shit out of Bruce Arians, dude. <laughs> I think my favorite conspiracy theory is the one where it said um, Bill Belichick intentionally sent that tweet to Brian Flores. Yo, dude, it's the best one. <laughs> It's so fucking amazing, dude. In hindsight, it makes so much sense. You think Bill Belichick's a big texting guy? No, no fucking way. Bill Belichick's a bi- <clears throat> not a fucking big texting guy at all. There's no way he is. And, and he texts him out of the blue. Text him out of the fucking blue. Bill Belichick. Oh, my God. I love that. That's my favorite conspiracy of ever. It's my favorite sports conspiracy of all time. It's fucking great. So well, good. It's well, beautiful. What's funny is I, I don't even know if, A, I still don't know if anyone's actually confirmed that that was Bill Belichick's number, and B, like at the end, his final text, he dash BB, like an auto sign kind yep. of text, oh, but, yeah. but none of the other yep. ones have it. Yep. Come on. And there's no way Bill's going to be like, oh, BB, best wishes, BB. Like, so so my favorite uh, uh, meme that came out of that was that Bill Bel- or uh, Steve Belichick goes into Bill Belichick's phone and starts putting in last names. For Bill Belichick, because he had Brian and Brian. And then instead of just putting last names, he put Black Brian and White Brian. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> if, if, if he texted him incorrectly, then you're under the assumption that he didn't have his last name in there. So he just has both Brian's in his phone, like loosely. So, so B- here- BF, Brian Flores, BD, Brian Dable, DNF are right next to each it's, other. It's all too fucking convenient. <laughs> it, honestly, it's too fucking it, convenient. It looked like a fake text type thing, but um, yes, it, dude, it's it, it's it's like when you text an ex. Oh, I'm having a great time. Oh, sorry, I accidentally sent that. Yeah. At the accident, I mean, the old accidental text. We've all seen texts from last night, right? The website. Yep. Some of those were absolutely 100% fake. Making when, fake texts like that is so easy to do. Oh, yeah. When you accidentally Snapchat your ex, of you getting a blowjob from someone else? Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, like that's... So not, I guess Marcus <laughs> has done that. <laughs> but, uh... Accidentally. You, you know, one thing I, one thing I am like, very excited for is... Uh, I wish there was a prop bet for this, uh... 
Bill, Bill's first interview when he finally comes out of his hiatus, whether or not he leaves the interview, because, you know, the only question is, are going to be, they don't give a shit about the season. It's all going to be about the exchange with Brian Flores, and he's going to be like, we're on to whoever. I cannot wait for that interview. He's going to be like, we're going to focus on our team. I mean, Bill Belichick is, is terrified of the, of the possibility of, of Tom Brady being in, in Miami, but it is interesting because he's still under contract for the Bucks. so Miami potentially has to pony up maybe even a first-round pick to the, to the Bucks to even make that happen. They, By the way, they also have to trade to the Saints because Peyton is also under contract with the Saints. So if Tom Brady does go to Miami, they don't get Tyree Kill. I, I assume that all the capital that they pointed up for Ty- Tyree Kill was what they were kind of stashing aside to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Could you imagine them giving like three first-round picks for those two just for like one Super Bowl and shut it down after that? It's, it's, I could totally see it. I mean, the Bucks traded two first-round draft picks for John Gruden, won a Super Bowl, even though John Gruden had very little say in what actually happened yep. that year just because the Bucks' defense was arguably the best defense of all time that year. It was. Yeah. Definitely was. <clears throat> so uh, Debo Samuels in the news this week uh, requesting a trade. Um, my favorite tweet about the Debo Samuel trade is, does Debo Samuel just think that Trey Lance sucks like the rest of us and wants to get the fuck out of there? I think that's absolutely a, a distinct possibility because I think he knows the tide is. I think the tide might be turning. I think we may even potentially see a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo before the draft next next week. It's it's very very possible, but I don't think it's a coincidence. I I really don't. I, Debo Samuel just had the best. A season he might ever have in his career. He knows he has to capitalize right Le- now. Likely will ever have. Yeah. So I think Debo kind of sees the writing on the wall. Like he knows it's contract time. And if the San Francisco 49ers aren't going to get it, I think he knows he can't get his next contract with Trey Lance under center this year. So reportedly, he's not even willing to negotiate with the 49ers. It doesn't The 49ers have not said that they would not meet his contract demands. He won't even answer the phone. Ooh, so That's brutal. Part of it is... That's telling, re- don't you think? Reportedly, that he's saying he does not... Uh, it, his issue is with how he's being used. Maybe the guy doesn't want to be a running back and a, and, a, and a wide receiver, especially if he's not getting paid like it. He's getting beat know. the fuck up. I don't actually blame him, dude. He, yeah. he, he was I mean, their he entire did, offense. He did get injured at the very end of the season, right? The right. last playoff game they played in, he was running the ball, and he, and he came up with an injury. Uh, we didn't see him go back in the game from that point on. Obviously, their season ended, so we don't know the severity of the injury at that point, really. Um, he, he, well, I'll just say this. Debo Samuel was absolutely heroic last year. His usage was unprecedented. He was a fucking Swiss Army knife in an offense that absolutely needed it. Um, I don't blame him. You know what? You're, you're drafted as a wide receiver. You are a ultimate weapon. But did they use him a little bit too aggressively? Possibly. Possibly, but they did it to make that push and make that run. And I'm sorry, but whoever you are... You have, you have to nut up like he did when it comes to playoffs. Like, there's just there's no excuse. And, you he, and he did. Yeah, yeah that's, what I, that's what I said. And, and he did. But it's it's game time. So, but it, you have to understand both sides. But, like, you know, maybe the Niners should make a move for him, try and recoup uh, some of them fucking up with Trey Lance. But, like, right now, even after they've done, like, all the restructuring and doing everything, because just a couple weeks ago, they were $9 million over the cap. Right. So, they've, they've restructured. Now they're $9 million under. But... That's not going to sniff what he's going to get, and and there's no chance, especially when you're touching the ball that much, that you're even going to want to 
get near the football field. Why would you when you're you're going to command a twenty million dollar contract? Well, I mean, they can finagle the cap hit to to make it so that whatever you know that whatever he gets this year is under the cap. But they're also going to need money to sign draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it'll it's yet to be seen. But who do you think is the best fit? For like what and what would it cost to actually acquire Debo if he does get traded? Probably like a first and like a third, maybe. <laughs> See, I wonder about that because um, I wonder how much leverage is being taken away from the 49ers given the news. Uh, I think teams are going to attempt to lowball them, but after the Tyreek trade, because if you look at the Tyreek trade, it pretty much had the same leverage. Um, yeah, I think it's confusing. I, I honestly, I think Debo Samuel, if, if Tyreek Hill is worth what two. First round picks or one? Was it two? No, I think it was one first round pick and a second and some some middling. I don't think they actually got two first round picks for him. Um, but whatever Tyreek Hill is worth, I think Debo is worth easily as much. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I, they gotta, what are the possibility the Chiefs could potentially make a play for Debo? I mean, how how well does fucking Debo fit that system perfectly? Like a glove. Well, they, they have two first rounders this year. Yeah? Yeah. Um, be that, interesting, that, but I, th- I think they're still tight on cap. Uh, Tyreek Hill was a first, second, and like three others. Yeah, no, no two firsts, right? Yeah, I, I, I think the only two firsts were De- were Devonte. I mean, Kansas City's got eighteen million in cap, so and they have twelve draft picks this year. Could you twelve? F- so I mean, maybe not two firsts that they give up this year, but a first and a second. You, and a you, first. Could, you could absolutely give up number thirty-two, um, and like a, a third and a four fourth. N- number thirty. What, yeah, 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 yeah. How, how, however, wherever they're at, <clears throat> but um, yeah, that that'd be how fucking scary would that be? And how much of more of a win would that be if you're Kansas City after? Because I, I still love the moving Tyree kill, but make that move, and then you get a you get Debo Samuel, who's also not someone that's will, a little will, more physical, yeah, and, for but, sure, and, and won't fall off after a, the a little bit step. of a, a little bit younger, and, and then you can then they can just get over like fucking missing on that draft pick with CEH and just let him go in there. You won't need him to have the, you know, yeah. two, two, 300 touches. Listen, I love both these. I love, I love the prospect of trading both these guys. I think letting go of Tyree kill was absolutely the right move. You just can't pay Tyree kill and Patrick Mahomes. It just, it, it wasn't going to work for them. So you, and Kelsey, you, you get a King's ransom for Tyree kill. I really think the chiefs made out huge in that trade. I think the 49ers can do a similar thing. It's it's a no-brainer move. Uh, Debo Samuel is is an awesome weapon, but he's looking for Tyreek Hill money. Uh, and that's too much money to pay a guy. Like, at least Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill at least has had more seasons of production than Debo. Debo really, if you look at his career, it's 2022 and nothing else. Yeah, yeah and he does have injury issues dating back to college. Ridiculous injury inj- issues. So. Yeah, he's he's been an injury risk his entire career. But I think any of these teams with multiple picks in the first round should absolutely be calling if that's the if he is available to see what the cost is. Definitely, I love uh, so the teams that I like the most. I really like the Jets. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, if you're the Jets and if you can get him for a similar value that you got that the Miami got Tyree Kill, which I think is probably what's going to be on the table, um, you go out and do that. Wide receivers are such a crapshoot in this league. You know that Debo Samuel is a stud, and you got a guy like Zach Wilson who <clears throat> he has a lot of upside, but you clearly need to continue to feed him weapons to make him better. Um, I think that's a. I think it's a great move for the Jets. Uh, any other teams you guys like? Giants? Why not? I don't. If I'm the Giants, I don't think that I'm close enough 
I feel like the Jets are closer to, to being able to make that move, whereas the Giants, I don't know if I am. Um, but if you if Brian Dable wants him, I mean, and I'm the GM, I'd make the call for sure and see what see what see what we can do there. Um, I think you could look at the Saints, sure. right? How 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 great would he fit in the Saints' offense if they could find a way to pay him too? That's the that's the biggest issue for the Saints is the affordability for him. Um, but I mean, if you could imagine him, Jameis Winston having him and Michael Thomas throw the ball to, uh, and, and Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, that's a competitive squad right there. Yeah. yeah. Now. Uh, he'd be great in Jacksonville. You, you can't give up a first, obviously, but you can stack some mid mid round picks and Pam. He'd be a great uh, person to have around Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but the but, Eagles, yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I was going to say. Outside of Miami and Kansas City, Philly, how perfect. See, but I think, I think, I, I truly believe Philly is making all their moves so that they can get a quarterback next year because I don't think they believe in in Hurts. Um. So I think trading for Debo right now might be an odd move. I think the Eagles are all about trying to keep their options open. The way that the way that they maneuvered that trade uh, with the Saints, where they basically backloaded their picks uh, for next year, because it was a fucking genius move for the Eagles. Because what do they get now this year with that trade? They get a test run on Jalen Hurts. This is the year. It's his third season. This is the year that Jalen Hurts is going to show you. Is he an NFL quarterback or not? Yeah, we've seen him look what the part at times, but other times he just does not look at it at all. In the playoffs, he looked fucking like lost. I and, think and an bad. interesting comp for Jalen though is <clears throat> Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen, the first couple of years, you know, the team made the playoffs and stuff, but he kind of looked lost in the playoffs, right? Just like Jalen did. I like Josh Allen's arm a lot better. Well, yeah, in, yeah. In, in in general, sure, but I think if you look at the numbers statistically. They're, they've been similar players to that point in their career. So can Jalen make the leap without necessarily having the arm, maybe relying more on his legs a little bit than or, Josh or, Allen does? Or the supporting but, cast. But, yeah, I mean, and that's what did what did Buffalo do? They went and got digs, right? So if the Eagles were to go get a guy like Debo Samuel and put him in that offense, maybe we see something there. I just don't trust that Hurts can ever be Josh Allen, to be honest. I mean, Josh Allen, coming out of college, his his issue was never his arm. It was always his accuracy. Sure. And nobody really thought that he could fix that and somehow miraculously did. My problem with Hurts is I just don't think the guy is ever going to be able to, to throw downfield. I think he's always going to be kind of a Lamar Jackson-esque, uh, you know, dink and dunk guy. He, he's thrown a few passes that have been interesting to me. Just not consistent enough. It, exactly. In the end, I don't think he's ever going to have the down. The, what Josh Allen developed, that downfield bullet that he has, that I never personally thought he could develop. I was super down on Josh Allen when they drafted him. Um, I, that's so rare to be able to develop that in a passer. And they, give all the credit to Dable and uh, McDermott because it's really incredible, the development that, that they did with Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I just I, I think it's I think it's an sure. interesting conversation uh, for you for to sure. have, and and it's if you're Philadelphia, you have to ask. You have to ask. Do, it will. Do you guys think Debo is going to be like a draft day trade? Right, right now the over unders, uh, or the, you know, there's a couple of props, but th- I think three, two and a half or three and a half is kind of what the over under is, right in that range. Uh, at first, I was thinking under three, definitely, but there's a lot of picks and a lot of players. I mean, swirling. we're a week out, so. Well, so I'm going to throw out a team, and I can't believe neither of you have said it. Dallas Cowboys. That's they don't they don't need a lot. They don't need a lot. They they shed Amari Cooper. In my opinion, I fucking hate him, Amari Cooper. I, I I don't think he. I think he's an extremely overrated player. Especially he's a number for his, two. 
especially for his price. He's a number two. Yeah, and he, the, the thing about Amari Cooper is he just disappears. He's not a game changer like Debo. Debo Samuel fucking seem, single-handedly beat the Cowboys. I think you look at a guy across the aisle like that, and you say, that guy can fucking help us out. That guy can help Dak out. And guy like Dak, who, who struggles throwing downfield a lot, Debo Samuel is a perfect guy for him to have. I think the Cowboys fit him like a glove, and the Cowboys don't really need a first-round pick this year. So, so the, the thing here's the one thing, and this is going to come up with another team that I have a potential uh, uh, as a throw-in option for you. Um, if you're the 49ers, are you willing to trade Debo within the conference to a team like That's Dallas? Because that is a question, it's, right? It, it, not a, just like a team like Dallas. Fucking Dallas. Like, right. Like 49ers fans would be so... I mean, both okay. Dallas and the Eagles were in the playoffs last year, though. Yes. Well, but, yeah, well, yeah but, but Dallas Niners history. Yeah. True. Yes. But still. So, I have another potential option here that we, that we haven't talked about. They have two first-round draft picks. They just traded an elite wide receiver, right? The Green Bay Packers. You have a quarterback that needs a number one wide receiver and you have two first round draft picks. I'm not saying, I don't, I honestly don't think San Francisco would do it. I don't think that they would actually trade him to the 49ers or um, would trade him to Green Bay. Uh, but I don't think they can afford him. I don't think so either. <clears throat> the, only, the only way that they could afford him is if they somehow front loaded their contract. The Packers are pretty much spent for the next couple of years. They resigned a lot of their big defensive names. They don't have a lot of cap room to work with. I think Aaron Rodgers' cap hit next year is like $48 million. <laughs> you, you can work around that stuff, though. Can you? Yes, it, you can. That's entirely up to Aaron Rodgers. It, it 100% that, is. That's but if problem. you say to Aaron, hey, Aaron, what do you think about Debo Samuel? And he's like, I like Debo. That's a good guy. Like, let's go get him. Okay, Aaron, we'll go get him. But you have to rework the contract so that we can fit him in. I mean, you shut your dirty whore mouth. The, the, if Debo Samuel ends up in when Packers, I'm gonna be fucking. Pissed it's off. never gonna happen because it I don't. Could th- happen. I don't think San Francisco would trade him to the Green Bay, right? Like, yeah, I've, I've intentionally not mentioned the Packer option because I it fucking well, well, infuriates me. Well, well, that and you, then you gotta think Niners just beat Green Bay in the playoffs twice in a row. You're gonna send Debo there, like with a like another playoff matchup looming, right? No fucking chance. That, that's that's what I mean. Well, if Trey Lance is their quarterback, there's no way they're making the playoffs. <laughs> Well, well, in your thought, obviously, you'll be assuming it. Yeah. Yep. But uh, that that whole class, so the, the 2019 class of receivers, right now there's a whole bunch of drama. Uh, guys are looking to get paid, obviously, with all the money comes out. So um, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, the only stud out there you don't hear anything from is Hunter Renfro because he's a boss, <laughs> the athletic stud. freak. But just to keep this one short. The white if, Megatron. The, the goat, the most athletic freak out there. But it's, it's just funny how he's not making noise. But which, it's almost like he only has 1,000 yard season under his belt and a ton of catches. Which one of those guys do you extend when you're when you're talking in the twenty twenty five million dollar range? Who out of those guys, who do you want to pay that money to? It's it's definitely AJ Brown. Brown. There's really no doubt about it. Uh, he means the most to his team. I think he's um, the best. I think out of all of them. I can't personally believe that DK Metcalf hasn't been traded yet. Um, I think the Seahawks are so delusional in, in everything that they're doing right now. It's fucking weird. Like, you have your, what? I think Pete Carroll is, what, 108 years old at this point? He's the oldest coach in the NFL. The oldest coach in the head NFL coach, by, head coach by in far. NFL. And he, for whatever reason, it's like they don't believe that they're in rebuild mode. They're in full rebuild mode. 
I think you can get a first-round pick for DK Metcalf right now. Absolutely. It's right, they're right on the prefaces of, of having, to tr- having to fucking pay this guy. You got him for a third-round pick. He was an amazing steal. Trade him for a first-round pick, you fucking fools. Take Green Bay. Before you have to overpay him. Because what if Russell Wilson made DK, DK better than he was? What if he's not as I already know Tyler Lockett isn't as good as he is. Um, I, I think DK is really good. But I, if you can get a first-round pick for him, I think you trade him right now. I don't think it's going to happen, and the reason is because I think Seattle's a little bit delusional on who they are and and what their so what their possibilities are. Also, I don't think the oldest coach in the NFL is wanting to do a rebuild. Right? He wants to win now, so they're going to try to get a quarterback in there. They're going to try to beef up the lines. Maybe we'll see if they beef up the lines and and start running the ball more uh, with whoever the quarterback is. <laughs> How can they run the ball more? <laughs> That team cannot possibly run the ball more. They're so They're bad. going to try because that's what Pete Carroll wants to do. It's embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, they're I, they're I literally trying think, to go backwards as a franchise. I, I think that they should do it. I don't think that they will. Yeah, you have to because you're you're still talking in the realm of like the Debo first and third, first and a, a couple of swaps, but you get at yep. least one first, even if it's a future. And they're going to be so bad and, Bro, and keep stacking those picks. Dude, I can't tell you how many Seahawks games I saw last year where they ran it on third and seven, third and eight. Dude, that is one of the dumbest fucking franchises out there. They're, they are absolutely so lucky that they fell into that ridiculous defense that they had, that they fell into Russell Wilson, the third round pick. It'll never happen again. You're a terrible franchise, and I can't wait to watch you burn. It does suck so fucking badly. The Vikings have played the Seahawks like every season. <laughs> the Vikings have played the, the Seahawks, and I'm not even exaggerating, every single season for the last seven years. Now, all of a sudden, we don't fucking play them when they're at their worst. <laughs> we, did get, we we got them winning against them last year, but the Seahawks are going to be trash this year. They might be one of the worst teams in the NFC, straight well, up. Well, good, because that's leading to exactly what I was just thinking about. Um, speaking of draft day traditions, I always love watching draft day on draft day. It's honestly one of my favorite movies. I just, I love it. I love everything about it. So bad. What? <laughs> it's. I, I enjoy it. I love everything about it. What? And Kevin Costner is a fantastic sports actor. Which? <laughs> He's awful. <laughs> what? Is you're going to be your prediction for Seattle actually making that come true where they get the number one overall pick to start a draft? What year do you think that will be? When will Seattle like like have like when will the when, one pick? Yeah, when will Seattle be so bad that they do host the number one? They have the probably this one year. Pick? They're, they're going to be so fucking bad this year. Drew Locks their quarterback for Christ's sakes. They're they're going to they're going to be flirting with it, but I, and it would be a really good year. Go get Bryce Young with some of those picks and start stacking some talent. That's why you got to get rid of DK to tank a year to tank. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the. I don't think they're smart enough to tank. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they are either because they haven't traded DK yet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the Kyler Murray drama real quick, uh, dude. We we're talking about it today. I think I might actually hate Kyler Murray more than Deshaun Watson these days. Um, this guy is a piece of shit. Uh, I have never done such a 180 on a player so quickly as I have Kyler Murray. This whole offseason has just been marred with bitchness from Kyler Murray. Every statement this guy makes, he seems just like a fucking... You know what he seems like? He seems like a guy that got exposed this season at the, at the latter half of the year. He looks so fucking terrible in that playoff game against the Rams. Just god-awful. Uh, and, he <laughs> claim, throw. and he claims he gets scapegoated for it. Dude... Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is the definition of the Gen Z just B 
bitch athlete. Well, well, yeah, because if, if you want to talk about being like the greats or the elite of the elite, guys, you will never see be scapegoated in those situations. The Mahomes, uh, the Josh Allen's, uh, like, yep. the, like those type of guys that stand, like they fucking own it. They, they, like they don't push the blame. They they, they they take the leadership when shit is bad. <clears throat> well, those guys are millennials. <laughs> well, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I'm with you. Like you know, I, there was high, obviously such high hopes for Kyler Murray, but. The end, the way that they finished, and not even, like, this season for me, but, like, all the offseason stuff, starting from that playoff loss going, like, sometimes you just got to step in and just take the criticism, take the bullshit, move on, brush it off, yep. go forward, not continue to you either use you or your agent, be subtle, like, delete all of your, your Twitters or your Instagram photos. Oh, what a photos. bitch move that it, is. It's, it's so childish. And when you talk about, like, a leader in the locker room, if if we're playing, that's not a guy I want to be like. Oh, he's my he's my ace, my leader because he's just gonna quit if you know if his back's against the wall. That's that's not the guy to lead your franchise. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Aaron Rodgers like this all year last year during the off season. I mean, it's a, to me, it, <clears throat> to me, it's a very similar story. Uh, he wants to get paid, except for without the the prior success, right? Yeah, I mean. I think Kyler's been a pretty successful quarterback in general for the first few years, yeah. but but also I think that there's very real flaws in his game that are that are apparent right now. And if I'm the team, I'm not necessarily ready to hand him a huge contract. Um, so I, I mean, I get I get where both sides are coming from on this part on this in this argument, but I don't necessarily think that Kyler's going about it the right way. I don't think he has the cachet of an Aaron Rodgers to be able to go about it this way. No, and mo- most of Aaron Rodgers' drama really has come in the last like four or five years, and like when he had the pedigree built up and like all the shit that he had and had to won deal with. a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, and, and, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, but like all the things he had to deal with going up to that Super Bowl pedigree and all that, and then it started coming out. But he wasn't just like crying. He you know, he made his statements, came out, fucking played football. He bitched, but he didn't do it like in such a childish manner. Yeah. And, 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 and if you're so Kyler, for it. if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm giving advice to Kyler, I would say, go get your endorsement contract, bud. Because, <laughs> I mean, the only commercials that I remember seeing Kyler in are like the Nissan Heisman house where he's sitting next to Tim Tebow. Because he's maybe the most uncharismatic <laughs> dude of all time. The guy's never going to appear in commercials. Do you remember the Greg Oden commercials though like those were hilarious yeah, but that, and, that's literally making fun of how uncharismatic greg odin is you think kyler murray's gonna gonna make a spectacle <laughs> of himself like that there's no fucking chance this guy is a thin-skinned bitch uh this is a guy who i truly believe this season he got exposed if you look at his production the last two months he looked terrible into the playoffs look fucking awful i think this is a guy that realizes i'm not I'm not the NFL quarterback that people thought I was. I think I think it's becoming obvious. I do think a lot of it has to do with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I think he's still a fraud. Um, and I don't think that system stacks up well for anybody because I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury quite even knows what he's doing. But Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is been exposed this season. I think he knows it. And I think he's kind of just lashing out at this reality that number one, he's undersized. It's starting to affect him. Number two, he can't stay healthy. He's he has not hate, stayed healthy for a single season other than his rookie year. And these are things that don't go away when you're a small dude like this. No, he, he's making James Conner look like an Iron Man these days. Exactly. And but what what you want to you want us to guarantee you like fifty million dollars a year? You want us to put a crutch on this franchise to for you to play like you said it for you to play eleven games? You want me to pay fifty million dollars for eleven games? 
Shit don't cut it. And remember when he got hurt last year and there was a question of when he was going to come back and then the injury kind of got mysterious? That always concerns me. Because guys like fucking Aaron Rodgers, even guys like Aaron Rodgers, who they've shown some bitch attributes through, through their career. Dude, Aaron Rodgers, tough, what, what, tough whether or not shit. you want to say he's a fucking tough guy, the guy's going to play through anything, he's going he's gonna to fucking go out in the field and do it. I think there was a couple games there where Kyler Murray could have probably went out, yeah. and they, they, there was, they just weren't answering questions about his injury. Whenever that happens... And when the quarterback himself is not answering questions about his own injury, that fucking concerns me. When the team is answering your the things that you should be talking about, that fucking concerns me. I, I do think that like uh, our like conversation here with like Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, it's like it's super fitting because they've they've different paths and different like issues that they've come about and different like personality traits that are you know not loved you know in, in the masses. But it's, it's maybe a guy you need to reach out to. Be like, hey, how do, how can I deal with this? Pick his brain a little bit because, you know, love him or hate him, Aaron Rodgers has dealt with every criticism and honestly, like a pretty good fashion, like it or not, like even yeah. like every sing, every single thing that he's COVID, the girlfriends, the to, yeah. like the toe, every, everything. He's just found, you know, you might not like the answers, but he's done it like in a professional, like a, so like, you know, confident, cocky asshole banner. Yeah. But he's been himself through and through. Do, do you think Aaron will tell him to just start eating pizza and maybe he'll get cut? yeah so we might as well dive into this so the usfl started last weekend um there's some good things to like about the usl usfl i actually didn't watch any of it but i saw some updates uh the drone footage is getting a lot of play uh a guy got cut over choosing pizza over chicken salad with the with the pittsburgh maulers um, but we were talking about for the podcast, uh, it's it's a hard thing to stomach, but all these teams, there's eight teams in the XFL, they all play in Birmingham. That's a hard thing for, especially us to stomach, we were all XFL season ticket holders. So we can't go see this Tampa Bay Bandits, who are the number one Vegas favorites to win it all. Uh, they're all, all these games are being played in Birmingham, which is weird because there's a Birmingham team. So there's, there's literally one out of the eight teams that has a home field advantage. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what what are your guys' impressions of the USFL so far? Um, I, I pretty much have only kind of caught the clips and what we were scanning through now. Like Vince Papali, I didn't even know he had a son who's in the USS uh, USFL. Um, what I'm interested to see is if they kind of like like with the drones, like the XFL brought us like the camera swinging through the ropes, and like we can't even really remember watching football without that action, right? It, it's almost like things like that, you don't realize it as it develops, but it's like looking, watching HD, um, HD TV all the time, and then you look at a standard television, like, what the fuck? That's what we used to watch? Um, I, I, I hope they at least progress something to help keep the NFL entertainment better, but most importantly, I really do hope that it it is a launch pad for some of these younger guys. Uh, after the XFL shut down, we got some pretty good talented players make it to the league. I really do hope that it's used as like a minor league system, and these guys can jump up if they are good enough. Get get them to practice, you know, kind of like a, like you see these small time college guys, D two, D three backups that weren't quite there, but they developed, they figured it out, and they're somehow awesome pros. Right. I, I I'd love to see like at least the opportunity, not them just shunning it out. That would be my biggest thing I'd like to take away from the USL, FL. And for me, that would draw more attention from me 
just to be able to like scout the guys, right? You like, kind of watch them and be like, all right, I think this guy can make it. And watch them Tyler Hardicky. Do you do you remember NFL Europe? Yep. Yeah. Back in the day, like when they were over, uh, and, and uh, they actually, it was almost like it was a minor league system where teams actually were like, yeah, this player's rights belong to such and such team, and they're over there playing in the in the league and stuff. Um, I would love to see that develop to where the point the NFL actually had a developmental system, developmental league, and they were, you know, they did have the control the rights and they could send certain guys there and stuff. Um, but undoubtedly we're going to get some of those developments in terms of like improving the game that happens every time as you mentioned with the xfl both iterations of it have actually helped out and stuff and it gives these guys an opportunity to make make you know get an invite to camp show out let's see what you can do like extra productive you know playing against more guys that you're going to have a better opportunity against anyway because not all of them are going to be NFL quality players, they're on the cusp as well. Yeah. So, you know, you amongst your peers and who can be that, you know, stand out and show. So, um, it's always good for the game to have these kinds of leads. I hope the NFL one day decides to actually invest in them um, so that we can, you know, get some of the NFL's backing in terms of, you know, making it financially stable and, and, and the minor league system be able to last instead of just a year or two here. Um, but the, the old USFL... Man, there were some good. There's some good players that came from those leagues. You know, I mean, you look at you're like Steve Young, Jim Kelly. Um, well, yeah, but, Herschel but, Walker. but those those leagues were meant to compete at the same time. That's 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 why they were flashing money and obviously yeah. just couldn't stand up. So I, I like I like the minor league system. <laughs> Plus, it gives us football year round. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I think there's a huge place for these secondary leagues for the NFL. Uh, we saw Rod Smart, um, <laughs> your, your your boy, your quarterback. Uh, why am I spacing? Tommy on Maddox. Thing? Tommy Maddox, the the only XFL champion quarterback to ever play. Um, I think there is there is a definitive part. Think about this: my boy Taylor Heineke was a backup quarterback in the XFL, who was a very competitive quarterback, who's going to be a backup quarterback in the league for many years, possibly even a step in starter. There is 100% a place for these leagues, and I don't understand why the NFL isn't investing more in them. Um, the thing that stands out to me the most about this league, though, Michigan Panthers drop down 0-1. and one. Who's the Michigan Panthers coach? My boy, Jeff fucking Fisher. So, in an 8-game four four, in, in league, can Jeff Fisher somehow go 7-9? and nine? You know, you know, four and four, four it, and four. It, it's it's funny too because um, Michigan might be the most interesting team when it comes to these eight. So you got Jeff Fisher, so we're, everyone's going to be looking for you know the record, whatever at the end. But then you have terrible Shea Patterson, who is starting in front of Paxton Lynch, who Denver traded up for the first round, and now he's oh, a man. backup in the U.S. Dude, NFL. Paxton Lynch looks so bad. That's such a what a story. Like that's all. That's almost as good as like someone making it up through the ranks to the NFL and becoming good, watching someone become so bad that they're a backup. Like, this guy went from making multi-million dollars a year to now he's $30,000 as a backup quarterback. Like, at that point for you, like, go sell cars. Try and do something else. Agreed. Yep, so the entire South just sweeped the North last week. Uh, the Gamblers, the Bandits, the Breakers, and the Stallions are all 1-0. So the South rises, even though it's all played in Birmingham, so they're all technically South. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to watch. Any other closing thoughts, guys? Oh. I mean, hockey season is is on the cusp of the playoffs here. Baseball season's getting going. Like it, it, 
I love this time of sports, so um, good time to sit back and enjoy. And the festivities are coming next week for all us football fans. That's for sure one of, one of the most watched events outside of the Super Bowl. It is absolutely. I cannot wait. I, re- I really hope you're able to reschedule some of your work because I will be here. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll find here. a way. I already took off Thursday and Friday. I'll be breaking down film, ready to go. Cannot wait. It's it, it, this is probably one of the most anticipated, like excited drafts I've had. I'm so pumped. Yeah, it's a great draft for every position, I think, but quarterback. And, and the running backs aren't super high talent, as, but as, uh, there's as, some depth there. As Dubich said in our uh, our gambling uh, our gambling podcast about the draft, we're just here for the chaos. We're going to bet on chaos, and that's we're going to be having it this uh, Thursday, next Thursday. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for the draft. All right, guys. Uh, the sports memory is officially off of... Facebook jail, that's some good things. But we are the Sports Cap Radio. That's what this podcast is called. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Uh, if you don't already, please go ahead and follow us. Uh, I love you guys. Have a great night.